We are proud to partner with MyFlex Learning. MyFlex Learning is a scheduling platform that helps middle and high schools meet the individual needs of all students. Students can easily create and manage time for flex blocks, wind time, activity periods, RTI, counselor and teacher appointments, and so much more. Even my favorite, Synergy Time. And with its built-in accountability tool and reporting features, MyFlex Learning solves your challenges around getting kids where they need to be and understanding how flex time is spent. Make flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com BE. This B Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. IXL's all-inclusive online teaching and learning platform simplifies EdTech needs and accelerates achievement in 95 of the top 100 U.S. school districts. IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and helps you assess student performance through actionable, real-time insights at every level of your school or district. This one solution performs work that typically requires dozens of tools. Want to find out why so many leading districts trust IXL? Visit IXL.com BE. That's IXL.com BE. Welcome to Transformative Principle. I'm your host, Jethro Jones, and you can follow me on Twitter at Jethro Jones. This episode is brought to you by John Cat Educational, a professional development publisher serving as the global leader in combining both research and practice in all materials. Find timely PD publications to support yourself and your faculty by visiting them online at us.johncatbookshop.com. Great instruction gets students engaged. TeachFX equips teachers with the instructional strategies and job-embedded feedback they need to get students engaged in virtual or in-person classes. Learn more about TeachFX and get a special offer at teachfx.com slash transformative principle. Welcome to Transformative Principle. This is episode 370, and I'm really excited to have Trevor Gertzen on the podcast today. Trevor is the principal of Spring Hill Middle School in Kansas, and he's been a principal and teacher, instructional coach. He's a national board certified teacher, and I'm excited to have you on the program today, Trevor. Yes, so glad to be here and glad to have the opportunity to uh, speak to your audience and kind of share some of the things that's I've had the opportunity to learn from others more than anything else. So looking forward to it. Yeah. Well, we often stand on the shoulders of giants and you also have a podcast that I think you should take just a minute here to, to plug, even though it's for Kansas educators, I still think that it's worthwhile. So tell us a little bit about your podcast. Yeah. So ironically, I got the idea from you, Jethro, a few years ago. Oh, thanks. To start my own <laughs> podcast. And kind of the thing was I, I'd been a part of a large district a large Kansas City area districts. And when I moved to a little bit of a smaller district, one of the things I noticed was there's a lot of incredibly talented administrators in Kansas, and they have incredible stories to share. And I wanted an opportunity for them to share that. And so I got involved in our local Kansas Association of Secondary School Principals. 
And so it kind of tied back to the National Secondary School Principal Association and had the opportunity to be the communication director. And once that work began, one of the ways I thought I could help communicate the work of Kansas principals was by starting a podcast. And so it started pretty small, just interviewing uh, principals across Kansas. So we called it uh, Listen Up. So I, I try to do two a month, if at all possible. I've been able to maintain, maintain that most of the time. Although currently I haven't been able to keep up. Pandemic is taking a little more of my time mm-hmm. than years past. But it's been really, really cool. It's been great to do. We've done uh, 50 episodes so far. And so interviewing uh, administrators from all across Kansas. And so Kansas, just like every other state, we have our large districts and our small districts. And we have principals that are also superintendents and janitors and bus drivers and athletic directors. Uh, and then we have principals who are one of four or five in their building. And so mm-hmm. one of the cool things is you're able to see a lot of the commonalities between different districts. So whether you're a part of one of those small rural districts or part of a large metro district, you can learn from one another. And so also it just created those connections. And so principals are able to listen to those. And then when they go to workshops, conferences, they're able to make connections with their peers because they're like, oh, hey, I heard that on the on the podcast. It's it's just been a really cool thing. Selfishly for me as a young administrator, I've learned a ton from those other principals. As you said, you stand on the shoulders of giants. So for me, it's been about the greatest professional development I could ever ask for is to be hosting and talking to those uh, administrators in Kansas. So uh, shout out to you, Jethro, for kind of giving me the idea a few years ago and something I definitely enjoy. But it's called a, a KPA or Kansas Principals Association Listen Up is the podcast. Yeah, very good. And there is a link to that in the show notes at jethrojones.com slash podcast slash episode 370. So make sure you go check that out. And what I appreciate really is that I think everybody should do a podcast because I think the main benefit is that you learn in dog years. And so you may, you know, you may learn things one way, but then when you're able to talk to experts who are doing it well, then it's really amazing to see how quickly and how much you can learn as as you're doing that. So uh, a couple of weeks ago, you and I were on a, a phone call and I with a bunch of other principals and you mentioned that you were doing these curriculum audits. And so I want to talk about that, but I want to go back a little bit in time to, you know, the pandemic hit back in March and schools started closing and we had to like figure what to do. And you did this like everybody else. We shut things down and did the best we could with what we had. But then in the fall, you decided to take a little bit different approach and still focus on instruction and and how to get better. And so we're going to get to that curriculum audit. But what led up to that, to you guys having that conversation about needing to do that? So we definitely... Our teachers busted their tails in the spring to mm-hmm. create as good of an environment they possibly could for our kids. And I'm so proud of our teachers, um, so proud of our administrative staff for what they were able to do. And I think for the most part, we did a really, really good job. But we also realized that uh, we didn't have full participation, that there are a lot of kids that were not engaged, and that even the curriculum itself, we were keeping up the best we could, but we didn't have a way to ensure that learning was taking place. And we're, we're presenting, we're getting the content out there, but to really know what is taking place was kind of tough last year. So one of the things we did at the end of last year, and, and so much of the success we have goes straight back to, to our instructional coach, Mika Bauer. She just works tirelessly on the instructional end. And one of the things she's so good at is just being able to focus and prioritize for the teachers. And so last year, we kind of sent some surveys out to the teachers and said, what do you need to be successful moving forward? We didn't know what things would be like, obviously, this year. But so we kind of seized an opportunity to provide good instructional learning to our teachers. 
almost almost everything we've wanted to be able to do, we're able to kind of sneak in through <laughs> some of the series. And so we called it, you asked, we answered. And so our instructional coaches uh, from the district or secondary coaches, administrators, we put together a variety of sessions throughout the summer that focused on just general best practice, but also tied it back to and kind of went through the angle of, if this is to continue, here's some things you have to keep in mind. So looking at assessment principles, lesson design, engagement. And so just general things that are good for teaching, but tied it back to the things that we learned from the pandemic, things that we learned hadn't worked. So then kind of fast forwarding or rewinding back to August, we knew we needed to do that again, because once we found out that we we're going to be in some type of either remote learning hybrid some version of that in August, we knew we needed to come back and hit the stuff even harder. So a good chunk of our, our work that we did coming into the school year and our district gave us extra professional development days this year. And so we started in remote learning. And so with that came an extra 12 days of professional development. And we really, really prioritized those days to prepare our teachers for teaching in a remote environment, as well as all the COVID preparations. And so Yes, we had the cleaning things we had to go over. We had the day-to-day procedures to go over. But our instructional coach administration, we also focused on what are some of the things that our teachers need to know how to do to be successful in that remote learning environment. So there's so many resources out there, as all the listeners know. And it's, it's I mean, you, it, w- 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 there's there's a lot. Twitter has a lot. I mean, there's just a lot yeah. of resources that you can, yeah. can do. And we spent a lot of time doing that in August, but that was back in August. And, and as things kind of changed, we knew we needed to kind of pause a little bit. Yeah, well, and there's there's so many resources out there, and how do you know which ones are the best? And so what did you choose to focus on during those extra days of professional development focused on remote learning? And, you know, the COVID precautions, I'm personally not really interested in those for this podcast because over time, that's going to change and be different for the next pandemic. So let's focus on that remote instruction because what I really believe is that good remote instruction can happen even if we are in person. And hopefully this will be adding tools to teachers' toolboxes so that it's not just, okay, let's drop all that and go back to what we did. So what were some of those good remote learning practices that you guys focused on? So that, that's exactly right. And kind of as I said, we, we, we saw this as an opportunity to try to get teachers just good professional development in general, good best practices that maybe we hadn't had time to do before. And so we wanted to get that to them. And one of the things we focused on was kind of prioritizing your content standards and doing at the time in August, we asked the teachers to go back and specifically look at the standards from the year before that your kids would have potentially missed. And then how are you going to integrate those back into the curriculum for this coming year? And so we call it kind of a flashback, flash forward, some things that we had learned from going to different webinars in the spring from different solution tree and ASCD resources to ask the teachers. So we got them together with their content likes from the year before and said, what are some of the main standards that you, you were not able to cover? And then how can we get those back into the standards this year? What we didn't want to do was just front load all the work for the kids. We wanted to kind of feed that in kind of what we call the just in time learning. And so instead of just front loading everything a kid missed in fourth quarter, we wanted to allow the teachers to uh, kind of infiltrate that into their curriculum, into their uh, teaching this year. So we prioritized on the standards was one of the, the big thing we did. And then we, I mean, that's kind of on the standards end. And we focused a lot on engagement. How do we keep a kid engaged within a virtual classroom? What are some different Zoom strategies you can do? How to do breakout rooms? How to meet with kids? We're doing a block schedule. We've never done a block schedule before in middle school. So how do you... How do you keep kids engaged for 90 minutes? 
that's tough with middle school. It's tough with sixth grade, maybe a little bit easier with eighth grade. And so we also worked with our teachers specifically on how do you keep kids engaged with the classroom? We allowed a lot of our teachers too to share some ideas. They had things that they had seen. So we call it kind of like a, like a drop-in learning session so they could share their ideas, things that they'd seen before, or things that they had tried. And we've continued to do that throughout the year as well, just to allow them to share their ideas. You know, one thing that you mentioned that is really important is this idea of just-in-time learning and being able to put put those standards in right at the right time when they need them. So, for example, if you are, you know, teaching math and you want to talk about, you know, something in algebra, you want to reteach that thing that they may have missed from pre-algebra right then and there, which becomes a really powerful way because... What we know is that when kids learn something when they actually need it, it sticks with them better and it's more meaningful. And that's exactly what you gave your teachers permission to do. And instead of following the curriculum map that says, well, you can't teach the Pythagorean theorem until you teach, you know, what a square root is. Why don't you teach the Pythagorean theorem and in the moment teach what a square root is? Because then it actually makes sense for why you would need it. And that's a that's a powerful way to support students in their own learning that's going to stick long term. Yes. And it's it, it's not the way that people initially thought it was going to be done. There was if we kind of looked at social media through the summer and parents were asking us, oh, you're just going to do a big recap of fourth quarter when the kids come back. And, and at first you think, well, that's probably what you're going to do. But as our instructional coach, we started doing some research looking at one of the things we looked at was some data from Hurricane Katrina. And what took place with kids that were displaced from Hurricane Katrina and what they had said and reading information from their teachers was you can't just front load it all at once. You've got to put it in when it naturally occurs and then you can scaffold with your kids. And so to the best of our ability, we try to do that with our teachers in August. Kind of the the challenge with that is you can do it all in the front end, uh, but then we actually get to the event itself. That's when you have to be kind of making those tweaks and adjustments. And that's kind of what got us to where kind of you and I had our conversation about a week or so ago. Yeah. And, and that idea of, you know, having this plan and, you know, traditionally that's the way we do it is just say, okay, we'll just do a recap and condense it. And you're doing things differently, which I think is so important. And then not only that, but you're also looking at what, what happened when the school was interrupted in other situations. It shows the intense amount of work that has gone into not just yours, but all across the country, yeah. people's different planning for, for the school year, which is, which is so valuable. So I think we're at the point where we can talk about the, the curriculum audit. So let's, let's talk about that. So first, what is the curriculum audit? And then how did you start to implement those? Yeah. And so it, it, it kind of just came from an idea. Actually, I think it was out for a run one day. I think I do my best thinking when I'm, when I'm out running, <laughs> but we'd spent so much time, even once we got back into school, talking about COVID situations, how to be a remote mm-hmm. teacher, different tools that are working, not working, that it kind of hit me that we haven't just talked about teaching and learning which ironically is what we're here for is teaching and learning. We haven't spent much time on that. And so kind of sat down with my assistant principal, with my instructional coach said, what do you guys think about if we just, we just kind of pause and we meet with each teacher and we just ask a few basic questions. We take 15 to 30 minutes. We set it up on zoom or Google Meet, and we just have a conversation. This is not a judgment. This is not a indictment of where you are. We just want to kind of see how are things going and ask some intentional questions because we, we, we talk to our teachers constantly. It's a little bit different now. We're in remote. And so I don't see my teachers physically as much as I normally do, but we just wanted to take the time and intentionally have a conversation 
We also are just kind of curious where you at compared to normal years. We were about two weeks behind as far as the actual date. So we kind of want to know where where are you with your pacing? What have you had to kind of push back? What have you had to rearrange? We also want to kind of know more about that 90 minutes. We've never done block scheduling before. Mm-hmm. It's about the 90 minutes. How is it working? We know it's a balance when it comes to having kids on a Zoom call for 90 minutes. That's a long time to have a kid sitting staring at a screen. But there's also expectations parents have of their kids being um, involved in the class. And so we wanted to talk about that with them. We also kind of asked them, what are the resources that are currently have that are working? Do, we, do you need some new resources that we didn't know about before? And we, we found out some things that we needed to provide our teachers. Ask them also what support we can provide you. What do you, what do you need from, from me as your principal? What do you need from the instructional coach? And then just ask them, what's a goal you have? Trying to get them to be forward thinking for the next few weeks. What, what do you need to be successful? And what is a goal that you personally have? So, so these are pretty specific questions, but it doesn't sound like these conversations took hours upon hours to do, maybe for you, but not for each individual teacher. And so that's not like this big, overwhelming burden that, you know, a teacher has to do all this prep work for. They can pretty much just walk in and have the conversation. And what I like about it is that it, it gives them an opportunity to, to vent, to say what's working, to seek some help. And to provide some feedback to you as as the school leader, and all those all those facets are really important for building relationships and helping people figure out what they really need to do. So I I think that's a really great way to do it. One of the other things I wanted to ask you about specifically was, oh yeah, it sounded like you had these questions to help teachers articulate the challenges that they were facing, and that what I like about that is that everybody's experiencing some challenges, but they, we don't always know how to articulate the frustration and stress that we're feeling. And so this seemed like a good way to do that. So first let's talk about that aspect. How, how did this help the teachers articulate what they were experiencing rather than just giving you feedback as the principal? So teachers and people in general, if you say, how you doing, uh, you're going to get a variety of responses to find them good. So maybe someone will really fully (laughs) elaborate on things. And so going into it, we knew we needed to be intentional about the questions we asked just, just for us, because there were some specific things I wanted, but also I wanted them to know that here's what we're going to focus on and here's the area. So I, I thought by having questions ahead of time, it helped give them a little bit of uh, peace of mind to be prepared for it. So we gave these questions to them, I guess, four or five days in advance. They had time to kind of look at them, time to think about them, process them. And I also wanted them to know it, it's a comfortable, safe environment. This is not, not a, a gotcha moment. This is not a forever's coming in just to try to catch you not doing something we knew that wasn't gonna mean good we feel like we have a culture here that's very open and welcoming to begin with and so we also mm-hmm. kind of played put into that part as well and so when we did kind of generate these questions and then throw them out to the teachers they were able just to jump on and just kind of talk and that's really what it became it's just a conversation about how are things going and but we had specific things to go through I, I took notes and so i had a google doc open and i kind of jotted down some notes and some things they, they said, just so I could make sure, A, I could follow up if I needed to, because I want to make sure I, I did my part. If they had a specific <laughs> need that I wasn't going to forget about it, and I was going to get back to them. And as I said, most of them were 20, 25 minutes, give or take. Met with a 20 different teachers over the course of about a week. Again, it was just kind of scheduling it with them. It, it's probably one of the best things that I've done definitely this year, most rewarding thing that I've been a part of, just to be able to hear the teachers talk about where they are at. I feel like we have, again, we have a culture that 
teachers are comfortable sharing. Uh, there's a couple of them that forgot about the meeting. And so when I started ringing in on the Zoom call, like, oh, oh man, I'm so sorry I wasn't ready. But it still generated just the same conversation because it's just kind of them talking about what's going on. And again, I, I feel like they trust us enough to know that we're just, we're just kind of having a conversation about what's going on and how things are going. And to know that there's these specific guiding questions help them know what was prepared in advance. So, so what are some of the things that you learned from these conversations? What do you take away? And I want to ask that in, in two different ways I want you to think about. Number one, what, what did you do well that was well-received and worked well and was valuable? John Cat Educational supports high-quality teaching and learning by providing publications that are research-based, practical, and focused on the key topics proven essential in today's and tomorrow's schools. The latest John Cat publications include a book whose bold, transformative ideas amaze and infuriate people around the world, according to one reviewer, a title from Global Leaders in Curriculum Planning, Practice, and Retrieval, one book that says stop talking and start doing with regard to teacher well-being, and much more. These books, used by educators of all roles across North America and worldwide, amplify fresh, engaging voices with practical strategies to create transformative change. Learn more in our show notes at jethrojones.com slash podcast. During COVID, every teacher is a new teacher. That's why innovative school leaders are turning to TeachFX, whose professional learning platform doubles student engagement online or in person. To learn more about TeachFX and get a special offer, visit teachfx.com slash transformative principle. And what, if you could go back and do it again, what, what would you do differently going forward? Things that you've changed now going forward for the rest of the year. One of the things we heard most was it's going okay. It's, it's working. It's working. <laughs> okay. It's our working favorite word okay. right now. <laughs> yes, it's working okay. And, and people recognize the, the current environment we're in. Even the parents we talked to, they recognize the environment. And but, you know, they, they said over and over again, it's working. Things are going okay. But we're really worried about specific kids, individual kids that are starting to fall behind. And that was one of the most common sentiments. I'm really worried about this kid and about the situation he's in. When you're in the building, there's just so much more you can wrap around a kid than when they're virtual. And so the teachers were worried about that. They also acknowledged that they felt like things were going too fast. We had more Ds and Fs and missing work than we've ever had before. And we're talking kids that have never had issues before. We're talking to parents and we're hearing about struggles they're having in the remote environment. And the teachers acknowledge that as well, that I just feel like we're going too fast and I'm not able to truly provide enough time for my kids to work. Yes, I'm getting through more content, but I don't, I don't feel like my kids are retaining it the same way they typically would because I'm not able to do some of the same assessments that I've been able to do before. And they really said, I'd, I'd really like some more time to plan with my colleagues and just be able to collaborate with them on what's going on. So kind of what we, what we did with that knowledge, and if someone had specific things they needed, specific resources, so like our math department, we're working on some specific resources for our math department. Some of them had tried a free resource. I feel like it was really impactful and really meaningful. So we're going to be working towards making that a more universal resource for our teachers based upon some of that feedback. And so kind of moving forward with it, 
we, we, we got my, actually what I did next is get my leadership team together and said, Hey, here's, here's what I'm hearing. Now that I got my leadership team to think about it, what, what makes the most sense to do moving forward? And so one of the things that I heard again from my leadership team was, is there any way to get us in time to be together? And so we kind of looked at our schedule, intentionally carved out a chunk of time to get our teachers together. The front office, the three other staff worked to supervise kids virtually during the course of about a 45 minutes in the afternoon, which is not a lot of time, but it allowed them to prioritize some kids and be able to, for the first time in a while, get, get all their brains together in one space and kind of talk about what are some specific kid needs we have, as well as prioritizing for the week ahead, which we're in that week right now. And so what we're calling it is our uh, go slow to go fast week. And the general idea was, I'm, and this is, again, based off feedback from the teachers, based on those content meetings, and even based on feedback from parents, too, who are telling us that we're going too fast, we need to slow down a little bit. I know people hate the word pivot, but we made a little bit of pivot this week. And, and so we try to make this just a week of really prioritize what you're doing, feel, feel empowered to slow down your instruction if you feel like you need that. And so ask the teachers this week to take additional time to utilize breakouts and meet with individual groups of kids and just kind of feel empowered to change what you're doing and don't feel like you have to forge ahead at mock speed. Just <laughs> slow down. And even just me acknowledging that from the feedback I've got from the staff was they just appreciated knowing that they could slow down, that they didn't have to go as fast as possible to get through all this content that they could take the time they need and work with their kids work with their families because we're just getting, we're getting ahead of ourselves, and we just need mm-hmm. to pause a little bit. And it was, it was cool to get staff together to have that conversation and then think about how we're going to do that. Mm-hmm. Well, and it sounds like you got back into the business of school a little bit yes. too fast for some people and that they needed a little bit more time to, you know, I, I don't, I don't know about your experience, but I've always thought the first couple of weeks of the school year, it's all about getting to know each other, establishing expectations, behavior, academic expectations, all that kind of stuff. And, and one thing that I found with online meetings in particular is that there is so much less chit chat to get yeah. started. Like things are scheduled and Nobody wants to be on Zoom anyway. And so that time to build rapport, that time to engage and interact is even more constrained than than it is, you know, on a bell schedule. And so I I feel like that has been an issue for me that I'm I'm doing a lot to make sure that in my online interactions that I'm slowing things down and trying not to jump into the business too quick and taking the time to, you know, build relationships and and understand people. And for me that's really hard because I'm naturally a we have an agenda, let's get through yeah. it. And and so that's been really tough for me, but I imagine for teachers that's that's been that pressure that they're feeling to to get everything, you know, to get moving faster when yes. they would really like to just like take a step back and say, I just want to be with these kids, you know? And so I think that's really admirable. So, so what does that look like in this situation to, to go slow, to go fast with this, you know, how, how are you encouraging them to take that time to build those relationships with their kids? So I guess the, the first step was to give them some time to talk. And so giving them that time the week prior to kind of stop and pause and, and prioritize who some of your kids are that you really need to make sure you're diving into. And then also to make sure you're taking time to look at your data, look at your, I, I know we always encourage staff to look at data and look at stuff, but we're also finding that you're so stressed and so overwhelmed right now that some of the things you typically would have done 
you're just not even thinking to do right now because mm-hmm. you're just in the moment so much of the Zoom class and admitting kids and, and working on this and where did that kid just go and he just left the classroom. And, and so just trying to encourage teachers to kind of go back to some, some basics, I guess you could say, um, of interacting with kids. One of the things that a teacher said in the meeting was, I just miss kids talking. And I just want them to have time to talk and be together. And so kind of freeing them up too. And, and it's one of those things that I think just hearing it from the principal makes you go, okay, it's okay if I just give my kids some time. Mm-hmm. The other thing we heard that teachers were grateful for but haven't always been able to do was when we asked them to prioritize their, their standards earlier in the year, kind of that, that flashback to flash forward. We gave them time to do it then, but we need to kind of stop, pause, and then kind of go back and say, okay, are you doing it? Let's make sure you are doing it. And let's give you that freedom, that permission to go back and do that. And so that's kind of what the goal of this week was, was kind of look back at those standards and make sure that you're prioritizing and not just doing things because you've always done it that way or because you've, someone says this is the best way to do it. Think about your own kids and then work with your, your colleagues because we want you to stay as aligned as possible with your colleagues just for the continuity purposes and then make some specific instructional decisions. Kind of the, the, the hope is... The hope is that as we slow down this week, it's going to allow us to accelerate in the future. And so if we mm-hmm. allow our kids to get caught up a little bit right now, allow the staff too to take a breath. And so part of what we've done yeah. this week is try to make it a culture week as well. And so our PTO graciously, they brought donuts in today. We're, we're in Kansas City. We're a big chief school. And so we kind of have a red Friday today, uh, wear jeans and your chief stuff. Tuesday is uh, is uh, go slow Tuesday. or And so uh, encouraging staff to wear sweats and hoodies and just try to take it slow on Tuesday. Wednesday is a nacho Wednesday. we got a nacho bar coming in. Just trying to be fun. Thursday, we call it throwback Thursday. So wear your favorite high school t-shirt if you still fit in it. And then on <laughs> Friday, we're doing a, a food truck Friday. And just, just trying to make this kind of a, an, an encouraging week as well. We are midway through the quarter. And so I feel like it's just also a good time to just kind of stop, pause, and think about us as a team and as a building and take care of one another. And so far, I mean, we're, we're one day into it. It's definitely been a positive reception so far of things. And we've got a lot mm-hmm. of staff that said, thank you for, for giving us the permission to slow things down and prioritize our kids, prioritize our standards. Yeah. And well, well, what I think is cool is that that kind of stuff can happen naturally in a school environment. And you have to be really intentional to make that happen in a distance or remote environment. There are different things that you need to focus on when you're remote versus when you're in person. And it really does, it does make a difference and you don't have the same flow. You don't have the same back and forth as you do otherwise. And so I think that that's, sounds like you've been doing some really good things that, that are, that are really beneficial. Is there anything else that, that we haven't talked about that we should before we, we close up? I I would just say probably one of the most important things is just giving people some time to talk and, and openly have conversations, be honest with one another about how they're, how they're feeling and doing with all of this. I know as a, as a building leader, I feel responsible for my staff and I feel responsible for their well-being. And so mm-hmm. just trying to take the time and, and I'm not always a great example of it, but encourage them to, to disconnect, to get away from things, to separate themselves and just trying to create opportunities for them to talk together. I know that's one of the things they, they missed. And one of the things they acknowledged when we did those curriculum audits was I used to be able to talk to my colleague all the time about content, but now our, our plans because of our block schedule, so things don't line up the same. And so, which means I feel like for me, I need to try to find other ways to get them together so they can, can have that time together. Hmm. People miss that context. People just miss just kind of the joking and the goofing around and the fun that is school. And so what I heard then from that was I got to find a way and do everything on my end to, to create an opportunity for that. 
for the staff that are comfortable. I know not all staff are comfortable with that. So we have to also acknowledge and be respectful of those that are not comfortable being together physically with the social distancing, but for those that are, create opportunities for them to be together as a team mm-hmm. and communicate now with families. I mean, that, that's been a big thing to be able to talk to families about what's going on and just be as, as transparent as possible with their families. They've definitely been transparent yeah. with us about how they're doing. And I appreciate that. I think it's kind of ironic that a lot of the stresses they're feeling, we're feeling too. Yeah. It's definitely very mutual. We're just feeling on opposite ends of things. And so try yeah. to acknowledge that. And we've had an incredible, incredible community support through all this. Um, definitely grateful to have have them kind of standing with us. I think part of that's because the staffs work so hard to connect and to talk to those mm-hmm. kids. Uh, and then really just my instructional coach and assistant principal. I mean, there's my instructional coach is just she's a wizard to me in so many ways because she kind of helps provide that um, additional layer of insights. It's definitely your instructional coach can get information that maybe a principal can't as you mm-hmm. have conversations with with teachers and be able to say, hey, here's something we need to think about doing. Like, you are right, Mika. We need to do that. Let's go. <laughs> and so I, I appreciate having that other person that's really kind of stand there with you and say, don't forget about this. Right, let's get on that for kids. And that's that's been really good to have. Yeah. And that position is so powerful because they they have insight that we don't as leaders because they have a different role and it's so important. And I recently started doing a little group coaching mastermind for instructional coaches. And I think that we got to be answering the question of who's coaching them and who's helping them be the best that they can be. And so, you know, that's something that where, you know, they often get overlooked before all the value they bring and we're not doing enough to help them develop and get better as well. So we got to pay attention to that. So the last question I asked Trevor is what is one thing that a principal can do this week to be a transformative principal like you? Oh man. See, one thing you do this week is, is reach out to a colleague that maybe you haven't heard from in a while and just connect with them, whether it's a, a principal or a former teacher used to work with and just see how they're doing. End up meeting with an old guy I used to teach with on Saturday morning. We, we sat in a park and had breakfast together. It's probably one of the most enjoyable things. And we both had an opportunity to kind of talk and just communicate, both vent it a little bit, but then also just encourage one <laughs> another. So I would say find someone not connected to your current place, your current place of work and, and connect with somebody, even if it's just you reaching out saying, hey, how you doing? Thinking about you. I know I definitely benefited from that time with, with an old friend that we used to teach together and be able to kind of talk about life and the adventures and vent a little bit, but also just kind of be there to encourage one another. So reach out, find someone you haven't talked to in a while and uh, share a little love with them. Yeah, that is great advice. And I'm actually going to call Courtney, our mutual friend, yes. after this and and tell her how much I appreciate her and yes. see how she's doing. So uh, we haven't talked in much too long. Yep. Good. Courtney, she was on the podcast here before, so you, you can look through the archives and find her. Yes. Well, uh, thank you again, Trevor, for being part of Transformative Principles. It's been awesome talking to you. And uh, if you want to hear about the great things that are happening in Kansas, check out the K. KPA Listen Up podcast as well. And there's a link to that again in the show notes. And just want to say thank you again, Trevor. This has been awesome talking with you. I've had a lot of fun. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you to our valued partner, John Cat Educational. If you are a leader looking to make transformative change by providing yourself and your leaders and teachers with professional development that is research-based and rigorous, yet easy to digest and full of practical strategies, check out the latest publications from John Cat. Visit us.johncatbookshop.com to find information on bulk orders 
or learn much more in our show notes. You can also use the code TRANSFORMATIVE to save a bundle at us.johncatbookshop.com. School principals across the country are using TeachFX's virtual PD and job-embedded feedback to boost student engagement during COVID. With TeachFX, teachers get eight times more feedback and generate 144% more student engagement on average in a school year with no additional work for school leaders or teachers. To learn more about TeachFX and get a special offer, visit teachfx.com slash principal. Do you want to simplify your school's technology, save teachers time, improve students' performance on state assessments? You can do it all, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com BE to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all these goals. That's IXL.com BE. There are lots of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. But when do they actually do all of those things? You need flexible time. When added into your master schedule, flex time enables students to get extra help or intervention, meet with teachers, make up work, get physical exercise, and try new enrichment offerings. If you're thinking of giving it a try, check out MyFlex Learning, which unlocks the benefits of flexible time without all the headaches you get with it usually. Its intuitive design and SIS integration makes implementation and training a breeze. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com slash B-E.